Luke chapter 17, we're going to look at two verses uh, with God being our helper this morning. Look in Luke chapter 17, uh, verse 5. And the Bible says, And the apostles said unto the Lord, Increase our faith. And the Lord said, If you had faith as a grain of mustard seed, you might say unto this sycamine tree, Be thou plucked up by the root, and be thou planted in the sea, and it should... Obey you. You can be seated this morning. Let's pray and ask God to help us. Lord, we certainly uh, want to tell you again that we love you. And thank you for this good day uh, that you've allowed us to come to your house. Lord, I thank you for each one that's sitting here today. I pray that if they're saved, I pray they'll get some help from the Word of God. Maybe instruction, maybe comfort, direction. Lord, if they're sitting here lost, I pray that they'd get under conviction that you would deal with their heart just as you dealt with mine a long time ago on a Sunday night. And I thank you for that. God, I know you still deal with sinners' hearts. And I pray they'll come and get saved today. Would you guard our mind and our thought? I pray you'd hinder Satan and that from this meeting today. And God, I pray that you'd touch and anoint us afresh. Let us get out of the way and just preach for a little while. And Lord, you do something here today that I cannot do so that these people will not only leave, that, not only these people, but me too, that Lord, that we'll leave better and different than what we come in here today. And Lord, just do that work, I pray. I pray folk will be very attentive to the word of God. Let the Holy Spirit have liberty uh, to move, and we'll thank you for it all, and save that sinner's tale for all this in Jesus' name. Amen, and amen. As I look in this scripture here, as Jesus's disciples and apostles asked uh, the Lord, they said, "Lord, I, I said, increase uh, our faith." I always thought it was a little funny that they say that right after He tells them uh, about forgiveness. Uh, he tells them to forgive. I'm, I'm going to tell you, if you're going to forgive folk, you're going to have to have faith to do it. Amen. Uh, but notice he said right here that they ask uh, uh, for faith. And so the Lord, he, I, I thought this was comical in one aspect. Uh, he didn't really tell them how to have faith. Uh, he just said, boys, he said, if you had the faith of a grain of mustard seed, uh, uh, you could say to this sycamine tree, be plucked up by the root, uh, and it would go set down over in the sea. Uh, he said if you just had a little bit, uh, and that of real faith and true faith, uh, he said you could ask and uh, it would happen. Uh, I think Jesus' disciples struggled with faith. Why do you say that, preacher? Uh, because I find in, 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 in the Bible at one time... Uh, uh, he told them that what? That uh, they had little faith. Uh, at another time, he told them they had no faith. In Matthew chapter 17, when uh, that man brought his son who was possessed of the devil and they could not cast him out, they come to Jesus later after he'd done that and said, why could we not cast him out? And Jesus said unto them, because of your unbelief. And again, Jesus told them the same thing. For verily I say unto you, if you have faith in the grain of mustard seed, you shall say unto this mountain, Remove hence to yonder place, and it shall remove, and nothing shall be impossible unto you. Howbeit this kind goeth not out 
but by prayer and fasting. Now I don't know about y'all. I don't know about y'all's faith, but I know about my faith. I know there's some days that I have great faith. And then there's other days that I have little faith. And I begin to consider this and think about how that they come to him and said, Lord, increase our faith. And two times in the scripture, you'll find that Jesus talked about great faith. He talked about great faith to the woman of Syrophoenicia over there. She was out of Canaan, the Bible said. And she come to Jesus and wanted her daughter healed who was sick. And she wouldn't go away. And the disciples said, Lord, make her go away. She cried after us. And she got in front of Jesus and said, Lord, my, my daughter is at home sick. Heal her. And he said, it's not me to give uh, the children's bread unto the dogs. I, I, I mean, she was just an old Gentile dog. I, and, and Jesus wasn't going to have nothing to do with her. He said, I've just been sent to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. And she said, but yes, Master, that's true. But even the dogs get to eat of the crumbs of the Master's table. And he said, here's what he said. He said, great is thy faith. And so he healed her daughter. You'll find another time where the centurion in Luke chapter 2, a centurion's servant was sick and they got Jesus to head that way and he sent out folks and said, don't even come to my house. You just speak the word and it'll happen. And so he said, I've not found so great a faith in all of Israel. So I began to consider and think about as his disciples Wanted faith. Now I want you to listen to me today because you're going to miss it if you don't listen. I want to know what gives people great faith. You ever seen people with great faith? You ever been around people with great faith that's just going to believe God no matter what? That's just going to trust God no matter what? Now let me say quickly today, if you love your Bible and you read your Bible, you're headed in the right direction. Romans 10, 17, So then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. So there's one thing that I've learned. If you'll read your Bible and study your Bible and spend time alone with God, He will help your faith. That'll help you. Some of you don't have faith because you don't read your Bible. Preacher, you're all the time harping on Bible reading. Yes, I am. Amen. Amen. (laughs) I think you need to read your Bible. I think you need to learn to pray. Very simple things in the Christian life uh, uh, to do to help your faith and strengthen you and strengthen me. And listen, as, as, I, as I preach and as I study this, I, I realize uh, some things about my own life and my own faith. Take your Bible and go to the book of 1 Kings chapter 17. Now the Bible tells us a lot in the book of Hebrews 11 about the roll call of faith. And he tells us a lot about people over there that had faith and, and all that, they, some of what they went through. But in uh, 1 Kings chapter 17, you find a man by the name of Elijah. I think Elijah was a man that had faith. 
I'll be honest with you, I think he was a man of great faith. You say, well, he was not mentioned in the roll call of faith. Well, actually, he was. Because when you come over there and you look at the end of all that, and it talks about the time would fail to talk about Gideon and Barak and all of them, and he comes all the way down to the very bottom, and you know what he said? And the prophets. That's where Elijah fits in that. He was one of the prophets. So we find the story here. We first get introduced to Elijah right here uh, in, in 1 Kings chapter 17. And the Bible said, And Elijah the Tishbi, who was an inhabitant of Gilead, said unto Ahab, Now Ahab's a wicked king. You need to keep that in mind. He's a wicked king. The Bible said uh, in chapter 16, And Ahab the son of Omri did evil in the sight of the Lord above all that were before him. He was a wicked king. As the Lord God, back to verse 1, liveth, he said, as, uh, as the Lord God of Israel liveth before whom I stand, there shall not be dew nor rain these, these years, but according to my word. And the word of the Lord came unto him, saying, Get thee hence, and turn thee eastward, and hide thyself by the brook Cherith that is before Jordan. And it shall be that thou shalt drink of the brook, as I, and I have commanded the ravens to feed thee there. So he went and did according to the word of the Lord, for he went and dwelt by the brook Cherith that is before Jordan. And the ravens brought him bread and flesh in the morning, and bread and flesh in the evening, and he drank of the brook. And it came to pass after a while that the brook dried up, because there was no rain, had been no rain, in the land. And the word of the Lord came unto him, saying, Arise, get to Zarephath, which belongeth to Zidon, and dwell there. Behold, I have commanded a widow woman there to sustain thee. And so he arose and went to Zarephath. And when he came to the gate of the city, behold, the widow woman was there gathering sticks. And he called to her and said, Fetch me, I pray thee, a little water in a vessel that I may drink. And as she was going to fetch it, he called to her and said, Bring me, I pray thee, a morsel of bread in thine hand. And she said, As the Lord thy God liveth, I have not a cake but a handful of meal in a barrel and a little oil in a cruise. And behold, I am gathering two sticks that I may go in and dress it for me and my son that we may eat it and die. And Elijah said unto her, Fear not, go and do as thou hast said, but make me thereof a little cake first and bring it unto me and after make for thee and thy son. For thus saith the Lord God of Israel, The barrel of meal shall not waste, neither shall the cruise of oil fail, until the day that the Lord sendeth rain upon the earth. And he went and did according to the saying, and she went and did according to the saying of Elijah, and she and her house, and she and he and her house did eat many days, and the barrel of meal wasted not, neither did the cruise of oil fail, according to the word of the Lord, which he spake by Elijah. Uh, now listen, let me park right here for a little bit uh, uh, and put yourself in Elijah's shoes for just a minute. Uh, here, here God, he's went and he's, he's had to face Ahab, uh, the wicked king, the, at this time probably one of the most wicked, if not the most wicked king that Israel's ever had. And here he stands. And he tells him, I mean he's standing nose to nose and if I could say that, uh, and he said, look, it's not going to rain uh, uh, because of your sin until I say so. Now, what did he say? 
He said, because uh, before he said, uh, as the Lord uh, God of Israel liveth before whom I stand, there shall not be dew nor rain these years, but according to my word. And then God says, go hide by the brook cherub. You think that was a picnic? Do you think going down and hiding by the brook cherub, it's probably a picnic for the first couple of days. Now, some of you all would excel living in the woods. I would do it for a little bit, but I love my air conditioning. Amen. I love my electric cook stove and the refrigerator. I love every bit of that thing. I love my easy chair and to be able to sit down and rest. But here is Elijah, and God said, you go tell the king what I've told you to tell him, and then you go high by the brook cherub. You know what I have determined in our life as Christians? A lot of times, we want that great faith without first having to face obstacles, troubles, and problems. Well, God has promised him. I know, God what, I know what God told him. I know what God promised him, but here he is. I, I mean, the Bible said that Elijah, uh, in the book of James, is a man of like passions as we are. In other words, he was dealing with the same flesh as you do. But here in the obstacle and the problem, God said, you go tell him it's not going to rain, and it ain't going to rain. So God, where did God send him to? God sent him down to a brook. Well, what's that got to do with anything? You know, if it don't rain, he ain't going to have nothing to drink eventually. Which one is the biggest miracle right here? Uh, he was getting something to drink out of the brook uh, or that the ravens were sending him uh, something to eat. I think it's both. Because the Bible tells us right here. Now think about this. I don't think Elijah's going too many places. I don't think Elijah's leaving and going anywhere because God said to go hide yourself down by the brook. There's where you'll drink. There's where I'll send the ravens. I don't think he's moving around. You know what I've learned about uh, men and women with great faith? A lot of times they're, uh, they're lonely people sometimes. You reckon Elijah was lonely down there by the brook? I know God was with him. I understand that. I know God's with me. I understand that. But sometimes there just comes places and times in life that all men can do is depend on God. Here such Elijah. God said, go down by the brook Cherith. God, that thing's going to dry up. I know it'll dry up. But I'm going to let you drink out of it. And I'm going to feed you by the ravens, them old dirty birds. And I'm going to take care of you while you're down there. And you know what happened? Elijah went down by the brook Cherith and God took care of him. A lot of us are afraid to go down by the brook Cherith. Oh, we want to be the one to tell the king and put him in his place, but then we don't want to go down by the brook Cherith. We don't want to go to a place of solitary. We don't want to go to a place of where it might, where, where I may get, uh, uh, let me see how I can put this, uh, to where I'm by myself and I, I don't have as many friends. How many friends do you think Elijah had right here? 
I almost think God was teaching Elijah some things. I've got a message I preach on that. Some things Elijah learned by the drying brook. He learned some things. So God said, I'll take care of you. A lot of times we don't want to have to be put in a place where it's God that's got to take care of us. We want to do it. We want to put our hands on it and we want to do it. But right here, the only place that Elijah was going to get any help was by the brook Cherith from a brook and some ravens. And a lot of times we don't want to be there. So as that thing dried up, and the Bible tells us why it dried up, verse 7, the Bible says it came to pass after a while, don't tell us how long, just said after a while, that the brook dried up. Why? Because there had been no rain in the land. So the word of the Lord came unto him saying, you reckon God talked to him while he was down by the brook? I'm just asking a question. I don't know. I know that God told him to go hide by the brook and the next time that God talks to him, he's going to send him up to the widow woman in Zarephath. So now, uh, he's not going to take care of himself down here. He's been, he's, been, uh, he's been dependent on God to send him bread and meat in the morning and bread and meat in the evening by them old dirty birds, them ravens. And, and, and then uh, uh, God says, if, if you will leave here, you've got to leave here, Elijah, and then go up to Zarephath. And I've commanded a widow woman to take care of you up there. He gets there. He gets there. And boy, what a great miracle God does. But he gets there. And, and he wants some water. And she said, I'll go get you water. Then he said, bring me some bread. And she said, I ain't got no bread. She said, I've got a handful of meal. And just a little oil. And I'm going to make me and my son a cake. And we're going to die. Now, why is it that way? No rain in the land, was it? Nothing's growing. Nothing's going on. Gets up there. Lord, now this would have been me. This would have been Mark. Lord, you sent me up here. And you said this widow woman was going to sustain me. And she ain't got nothing. Now, I'm just telling you how Mark looks at the first situation just about of everything. But you know what? Elijah never batted an eye. Because after she said, I don't have any of this, we're going to eat it and we're going to die. What a miserable condition she was in. Think about that. She knew she was facing her last meal with her child and was prepared to die. Boy, ain't you glad God came by in your life I, I one day just at the right time. Amen. Amen. Boy, he come by at my time at the right time when I needed to get saved. I, I, he come by at the right time many times in my life. And I'm telling you, Elijah come by at the right time with God's help to help them. I don't think Elijah batted an eye. I, I, I think God was talking because here's what he said. Fear not. Go and do as thou hast said, but make of me a little cake first and bring it unto me and, make, and after make for thee and for thy son. For thus saith the Lord God of Israel. When did he say that? I don't know, but he's talking to Elijah. Somewhere in this time that she is saying what she was saying and he's standing over here, God is talking to Elijah. 
Because here's what God said. The barrel of meal shall not waste, neither shall the cruise of oil uh, fail until the day that the Lord sendeth rain upon the earth. You think Elijah believed that? I think Elijah believed that. I don't know if that widow woman believed it, but I really think she did because the Bible said, and she went and did according to the saying of Elijah, and she and he and her house had eaten many days, and the barrel of meal wasted not, neither did the cruise of oil fail according to the word of the Lord, which he spake by Elijah. He put Elijah down by the drying brook, and then he put him up into a place to where there just wasn't a whole lot going on. People were sitting around dying. You know, that could have been some other widow woman. Reckon how many widow women was up there in Zarephath at that time. And God sent him to her. Reckon how many other widow women gathered up two sticks and went in and cooked and they did die. But here Elijah goes. You read on over. And you'll find in, in chapter uh, 8, I, I mean, he, he not only, not only did they eat that meal barrel and that cruise of oil, uh, they, her son dies and he raises him from the dead. You get in chapter 18 and he goes up on Mount Carmel and he faces uh, the prophets of Baal and the prophets of the grove and God answers by fire. You can go read that whole story. We ain't got time to go through all that uh, today. But God answers by fire. Elijah's living by faith, ain't he? I mean, he's one man standing out against 450 prophets, uh, King Ahab and Jezebel, who are Baal worshippers, and he, he's, he's, he's seen God feed him by the brook Cherith. Uh, he, he has seen God uh, keep a meal barrel full and a cruise of oil full. He's raised a little boy from the dead. Uh, uh, and now he's standing on Mount Carmel and he's saying, whoever answers by fire, he'll be God. You think he's got great faith? I think he does. How many of us would be doing those things? How many of us would be trusting the Lord? How many of us would we we'd be trying to figure out how to fill the mill barrel and how to get the cruise of oil? Hey, I'm going to tell you, they sometimes we ain't going to be able to figure it out. Let me park right here for just a second. Some of y'all sitting in here, you you have been living by faith uh, for so long that you have forgot to how you got to where you are. What do you mean? Some of y'all have forgot how hard it was at one time. You learn how to trust God. You learn how to put your faith in Him. Uh, and then we turn around and we look when people struggle. Uh, and boy, they're, they're new to Christianity. Uh, maybe they're paid in Christ. Or uh, they've never had to really put their faith in Him to trust. And then if we're not careful, we'll say, what's the matter with Him? Well, I'm telling you, I have been, not through a lot, but a few obstacles over my days. And I have found God to be true and faithful. Amen. Well, preacher, what about Elijah in chapter 19? When he goes and he sits under the juniper tree, wishes himself to die because he's on the run from Jezebel. What kind of faith was that? I would say that he got weak in faith. 
I was reminded of John the Baptist. You remember when John had been in prison? I heard a great message on that. Just, just I believe it was the last week. My brother Pike, he was preaching on... Uh, when great men doubt. You remember what John sent his disciples over to Jesus to say? He said, art thou the one that should come or do we look for another? You remember that? Go over to Matthew chapter 11. Some of y'all don't remember that. My wife says... We don't remember everything you're talking about, honey. <laughs> Matthew chapter 11. Look in verse 2. Well, let's look in verse 1. It came to pass when Jesus had made an end of commanding his twelve disciples, he departed thence to teach and to preach in their cities. Now when John had heard in prison the works of Christ, he sent two of his disciples and said unto him, Art thou he that should come, or do we look for another? What's so important about that? Do you not know who John the Baptist was? John was the forerunner to the Lord Jesus Christ. I mean, he's the one that, that, that Malachi talked about, the one uh, that was the messenger, the one that was going to come uh, and pave the way for Jesus. He is the one that stood down at Bethabara uh, baptizing in Jordan. And when Jesus came over the hill of there, uh, he said, Behold, the Lamb of God which taketh away the sins of the world. He's the one that said, Hey, I've seen the dove. Uh, the Holy Spirit descend upon him in the likeness of a dove and remain on him. And God said, That's him, that's him, that's him. And now John, in Matthew chapter 11, sends to Jesus and said, Are you him or do we look for another? I'm going to tell you, sometimes your faith will get weak no matter how great it is. I don't, I don't want my faith to be weak. I do not want it to fail. I do not want to doubt the Lord Jesus, but here you find that John uh, uh, has said, Lord, uh, uh, are you the one that should come or do we look for another? And he has had proof that Jesus was who he was. You ever had proof that Jesus is who he is, that this Bible says he is? You ever had God do something for you? Answer your prayer. My church knows that I talk about this quite often sometimes. I, I, I love it when He answers my prayer. One that I prayed from my heart that nobody else heard. Amen. I didn't even say it out loud. I didn't write it in a prayer book. I, I, and by the way, I keep answers uh, to prayers. I, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. As a matter of fact, it does you good to go back and look and remember what God's done for you. There's been times that God has proved Himself real to me. But you remember what I said at the first of this sermon? There are times my faith gets weak. John's got weak. Elijah had seen God do all this work up to here. And in chapter 19, He's on the run from Jezebel. 
But you know what God done? God, you know, first of all, God just helped him in his weak faith. Take your Bible and go to the book of 1 Kings 19. Look with me, 1 Kings 19. Now he's sitting under the juniper tree and he's wished himself that he might die. And the Bible said in verse 5, said, and he lay, and as he lay and slept under a juniper tree, behold then, behold, then an angel touched him and said unto him, Arise and eat. And he looked, and behold, there was a cake baking on the coals and a cruise of water at his head. And he did eat and drink and laid him down again. And the angel of the Lord came again the second time and touched him and said, Arise and eat, because the journey is too great for thee. Now let me park right here and say, God knew what lay in front of him. God knows what lays in front of you. You may not know what lays in front of you, but God knew what lay in front of him. And so God, even, even in the time of Elijah's doubt, you go back and you read about John the Baptist's doubt. You know what Jesus said about John the Baptist? He, he, he said in, in all their time, you go back and look at it, as people are standing around listening to this conversation between John's disciples and Jesus, and he talks about what after they left, he said, you go back and you tell John what you've seen. You know, you've seen the, the deaf get their hearing back. The dead are raised. and uh, The poor have the gospel preached unto them. The, uh, the blind receive their sight. And all these things. He said, you go back and you tell him that. John don't know what that means. And then he turns to the crowd and said, what did you come out here to see? Uh, a reed shaken by the wind and all those things. And he gives them all that. But you know what he said about John? He said, born a woman, there was none greater than John. And John is doubting some things over here. But yet he said, born a woman, there's none greater than John. And right here in the, in the midst of Elijah's doubt, God comes by to feed him. Ain't that just like the Lord? In the midst of our weakest places, uh, uh, when our faith that should be great is weak, uh, he is still taking care of us. I love the Lord, don't you? So he gets on the run, ends up in a cave. You ought to study how far that was from Mount Carmel all the way down to the mountain of the Lord and then he had to turn around and go all the way back. Sometimes we get out of the way sometimes and the Lord has to help us. And God didn't give up on Elijah either by the way. God still used him after that. We want to have great faith without obstacles. But there's always obstacles. The question is, is are we going to trust in those obstacles? Are we going to look to God and let Him work in our life and then just go, and this is number two. I don't know if I'll get all this done, but boy, I'm having a good time this morning, amen. Point number one, Mitchell, always gets me. Point number one. But then there's got to be obedience. I'm talking about how do you have great faith. There's going to be obstacles. There's going to be problems and trials and tribulations. A lot of people, they want to have great faith, but yet they don't want to have the tribulations. They want to have great faith, but yet they don't want to have obstacles. They don't want to have to look up to heaven and say, God, I don't know what to do right here, but I'm trusting you. 
You ever done that? Have you ever looked up to heaven and said, God, I don't know what I'm going to do right here, but I'm depending on you. I have. And then there's been other days that I've looked up to heaven and said, God, what's going on here? Elijah would have never seen God move had he not obeyed. Elijah went each time. He went to the brook. God fed him and took care of him. He went to the widow woman's house. God fed him and took care of him there. He went and he seen Ahab and God took care of him on Mount Carmel. Here's something I've learned. It's not that we won't be afraid, but it is in the midst of our fear that we still go on and we trust. Each time Elijah went, he's seen God do more and more. Let me ask you something this morning. Where's your faith? Is it great faith? Little faith? Sometimes I feel like the fellow that has no faith. I think God wants to help us. I think He wants to help you, but I think He wants us to look up. I think He wants us to trust Him and obey Him. I don't, I, don't, I don't really know. I, we won't see God move till we obey. Elijah went each time and Elijah seen God move. And he become persistent at going. Elijah, on top of Mount Carmel after the battle, he had to pray seven times for it to rain. You know, you know why I still keep coming and doing what I do every Sunday? And you know why I still study? You, you know why I still do what I do? And, and listen, I, I talk about me because I know me. <laughs> why do you do what you do? You know why I still study and pray and read and still come Sunday in and Sunday out? Is because I, I, I know that God just might do something if I'll put my part in. If I'll be persistent, if I'll just keep praying, you, you, you know, uh, the, the, Bible, the Bible talks about uh, over there in Luke chapter 18 that, that widow woman that was before that unjust judge and, uh, and she kept coming to him and coming to him and coming to him and he said, I don't regard God nor man, uh, but because she keeps coming, uh, I'm going to do something. The Bible talks in uh, Luke chapter 11 uh, about the word importunity. About if, if, if you have somebody come by your house and you go over to your neighbor's house uh, because the ones you got in your house need something to eat, said so you go over there and you knock on their door uh, and, and, and they don't come, uh, uh, you keep knocking, you know, and said they'll eventually get up because you keep knocking. You know, you, you know why our faith fails sometimes? Because we quit knocking. We just quit, we give up. We just give up. We quit being persistent in our prayer life. 
Matthew chapter 17, the Bible said, I read this a few minutes ago, what did Jesus tell his disciples when they could not cast out that devil? I'm going to close, stay with me please. Because of your unbelief, for verily I say unto you, if you have faith of grain mustard seed, you shall say unto this mountain, remove hence to yonder place, and it shall remove, and nothing shall be impossible unto you. Howbeit this kind not to go without, but by prayer and fasting. Reckon them boys have been praying and fasting? I'm going to say no. We've got to be persistent in our praying, in our seeking God, in our traveling, in our going after God. Persistence in our work for Him. That widow woman that come to Jesus, she would not leave until He answered her prayer. He wasn't, she wasn't going nowhere. She wanted her daughter healed and she wasn't leaving till that daughter was healed. And then Jesus said, boy, she's got great faith. We give up too early sometimes. We lose faith in the Lord and we give up too early and we quit. Some of y'all remember what it was like to pray and pray and pray till you prayed through. When's the last time you prayed till you prayed through? You didn't quit. Let's bow our heads this morning.